Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast, where we go in-depth with practical ways for you to pray, vote, and engage. Each week, we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week, we covered Psalm 41. To sign up for the Bible study, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab. So we are live on Facebook, and I want to introduce Pastor Matt Sweeney's with me today. Sorry for the late late notice, guys, you Facebook friends. Um, we are in Psalms 41. Um, I am joined by uh, Matt Sweeney, who is the pastor of Grace Community Fellowship in Brenham, Texas. Uh, Grace Community Fellowship is a network of churches around Texas. You should absolutely set, uh, check them out. Uh, they've got um, uh, campuses in Needville, Haynes, Fort Worth, Wharton, um, a lot of places in Texas. Matt's father, Miles Sweeney, was on our advisory board and, and has just been a, a great mentor to me. And Matt is now on our advisory board taking his place. So Matt, do a little quick introduction again. I know we just did it for the webinar, guys, but tell everybody a little bit about you. Yeah, you bet. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt Sweeney, pastor, as Bunny said, over here at Grace Community Fellowship in Brenham, Texas. Uh, my wife, Oksana, and I, we've lived here in Brenham right about uh, February will be three years for us. we got three children right now and baby number four on the way in March. Um, as Bunny just said, my father is Miles Sweeney. And uh, he's the president, uh, the kind of apostolic oversight for our network of seven churches we have around the state of Texas. And so I'm here in Brenham with a church of about 400 plus here and just rocking along, enjoying everything that God has for us in this season and, and certainly enjoying the new challenges that COVID has brought and really watching how that has strengthened our church, not weakened us in any way and very grateful for that. So I've been privileged to travel all over the world, uh, usually alongside of my father, uh, Miles, preaching, teaching doing different conferences and events and just love getting to be a, a pastor. I uh, love getting to be a speaker and communicator. It's a real joy of mine and, and great to be here with you all this morning. Well, we love having you guys apart and specifically you, Matt, um, a part of Christians Engaged. So why don't we jump right into Psalms 41, guys? This is a rich uh, 13 verses of David's lament and, and also promises of God stuck in it. So Matt, mm -hmm. go ahead. You bet. So I'm going to be reading out the NIV this morning for Psalm 41, just 13 verses here. So it starts out and it says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desire of their foes. The Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. Verse four, I said, have mercy on me, Lord. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemy say of me in malice, when will he die and his name perish? When one of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely while his heart gathers slander. Then he goes out and spreads it around. All my enemies whisper together against me. They imagine the worst for me, saying a vile disease has afflicted him. He will never get up from the place where he lies. Verse nine, even my close friends, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. But may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. I know that you are pleased with me, for my enemy does not triumph over me. Because of my integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. 
Amen. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Well, why don't you go ahead and share whatever the Lord spoke to you about? And I love yeah. the scriptures because the Lord is so individual and in how he approaches his communications with us. And, and I know even though we look at things, we want to look at scripture in context. We want to look at um, the overall beginning, mm -hmm. original meaning, but we also want the Lord to speak to us individually for this week and for Amen our lives. So um, go that. ahead and share whatever's on your heart, friend. You bet. And that was what you just said right there. That's one of my favorite things about the Bible is, you know, the Bible wasn't written to us. It was written for us. So, you know, remembering the original intended audience, but my goodness, how God speaks to us today. So really, you know, seeing this Psalm 41 as a lament of David, um, it's, there, there's such an individual cry here. That, that's what stood out to me very quickly, um, how this is not a psalm of thanksgiving. <laughs> um, the, the, and I think the NIV makes it really clear here when you, when you look at these last few verses in particular. This is, you know, the, the psalmist, King David, as it says, right, you know, at the heading of this, it's a psalm of David. His prayer for help, it hasn't been answered yet. You can see that, but he's confident that God will. He's, he's confident that God will come and answer, that justice will be served. And so I love that expression of confidence there. Really, the, to me, there's three things that I wrote out here that, that really grabbed me when, when I was working through this and reading and looking at different translations. The first thing that I saw here um, is that there's a blessing. There's a reward. There's, there's a promise. And that you see how King David here, the, the very opening line, he's pronouncing a blessing on those who help the weak. And that verse one says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. And depending on what translation we look at that in, we see here that this blessing, it's including this idea that when the person who is helping, when they are weak, God's going to turn around and help them. And so here's David. He, he's, you know, I love how he, he's identifying himself, if you will, as a helper, someone who has helped other people. He's, he, I think he's saying here, I've had regard for the weak. I've looked after the weak. I've cared for the weak. But now here he is and he's in a time of need. He needs help. And so he's fully expecting God to come through and sustain him um, in, in his moment of need. He, he's identifying as one of the weak. Right. And believe in God, you're going to come and you're going to sustain me. So, I mean, what a powerful principle there that, you know, who are we to ever believe, I think, in our day to day practical lives? If I don't slow down and, and am willing to have my life complicated by the needs, the, the concerns of other people that are hurting, that are weak, that are in trouble, well, then who am I? How can I expect that God will in turn sustain me, help me? Someone will stretch a hand out to me if I don't demonstrate that to someone else. So what a, what a beautiful opening. That really stands out clearly to me. The second thing that, that jumped out at me here is what happens when people hurt you? You know, the bulk of this <laughs> psalm is what happens. You know, David, he's, he's acknowledged his guilt. He's acknowledged his wrongdoing. He's acknowledged his sin. He realizes that's the source of it. But he, we also see him, he, he's, you know, he's throwing himself on God and his mercy and he's throwing himself on God and his forgiveness. He, he keeps, you know, he says there uh, in verse 12, he, he speaks about his integrity, right? Because of my integrity, you're going to uphold me. So I th he, he knows he's not perfect, but he also believes he's innocent. And I believe that's, you know, when you've acknowledged your sin, repentance, what, I mean, what a huge topic that we can't even get into here, but when you've made yourself right before the Lord, when you've made that 180 degree turn from where you're at, well, your integrity is restored. Your good standing with the Lord is restored. And we see what he's saying here um, in verses seven through nine. You see how he, he continues on listing all the 
offenses here, his, his detractors, his, these people that are out for blood, you know, and, and he, not only do they desire for him to die, as it says in verse five, they're actually sure that he will, you know, in verse eight, they're wanting him to, uh, I, I looked at this in the message and uh, in verse seven, it says they form committees to plan misery for me. <laughs> that's oh, the awful man. thought of it. And, <laughs> and I, I mean, that speaks loud and clear to me. There are people that form committees that they, they want nothing but our downfall. And they want nothing but our ruin, right? And certainly David's experiencing that. And, and really, the, I think the, the most painful thing to read out of this is when it he's talking about it looks like one of his closest friends um, has turned his turned his you know lifted his heel against him, and, and that's a reference, you know, I think to, to Judas in there that, that we're seeing that later, you know, that which appears in Luke and Mark. And so it, this his friend has turned against him, become an enemy. This is a person whom he ate with. He says, you know, verse nine, one who shared my bread. Well, that. You know, to share a meal with someone back then, that was a real sign of intimacy and being close to someone. So it hurts really bad when a close friend turns their back on you. I, I've got all kinds of stories for that. I'm sure you do too, Bunny. And I'm sure any most any of us listening, we've got stories of people that we thought were friends that turned our back on us. It's painful. I mean, it hurts. And and I think in that moment, you have to figure out where, where, where does your Christianity stand? Who are you going to lean on? Who are you going to put your trust in? And so we see David kind of wallowing through this. Again, this is the real lament part of it. But but here's what I love too. That the third thing that stood out to me is this, there's a real cry for justice. There's a real cry for vengeance to be served that we see here uh, in verse 10 when it says, but, you, but may you have mercy on me, Lord. Raise me up that I may repay them. And those are some strong words. And, and reading that, I thought, huh, okay. You know, we see that these are really... Um, this again, this is the NIV, but you look at what that word repay them, that's recompense. That's literally to, to make something wrong, to make it right, um, to, to, to balance the scales for really, truly for justice to be served. You know, that's what we're seeing here. And, and so I think some, um, you know, I've heard this a lot in different verses, and I think I'm sure it applies here. People will look at different, uh, the, you know, the imprecatory psalms or the imprecations that we see in the Bible, really like those curses, those those statements being made. And they say, man, that's not God's nature, you know, and surely what David here, what he meant was, you know, to uh, to, to heat burning coals on the head of his enemy, you know, to, to repay evil with good. Surely that's what he meant. But I, I don't think there's any real support for that here. Um, I was, you know, in reading through this and seeing how a lot of Bible scholars, they, they admit that that. Are, yeah, you could say that, but I don't think that's what David meant here. That'd be that'd be a real stretch. Um, this is like you look at Psalm 109, you know, <laughs> read through Psalm. I know that'll be upcoming in this, but my goodness, what are we to do with something like that? You know, right. may the children be fatherless for generations. And I mean, it's like, wow, okay. I don't think King David is out for personal or private revenge here. I, I don't think that King David is saying, God, make me better, heal me, let me get off this bed so I can go John Wick on everybody. You know, I don't, I don't think that's what he means here. Really, this is part of his duty as a king. This is, you know, David's a magistrate. And what does a magistrate do? He, he has to enforce, he has to execute justice. He, you know, justice has to be served. So David, he has God-given authority, uh, God, he's a God ordained authority figure. And so this is where this idea of distributive justice comes in. Justice has to be served. And so he's not on a personal mission of revenge. Uh, justice demands that injustice be punished. And if there's no punishment, well, there's no justice. 
And we all know if injustice runs rampant, well, then evil will multiply. So David, I think what, he, what he's doing here, you know, and, and really the truth, what I grabbed out of this, for, I think for us personally, this is a challenge here. Again, not to take personal revenge on the, those friends that turn their back on us, people that do us wrong. Really, it, it's, a, it's a great challenge to let me turn over all of my feelings. Let me turn over what I, my desires got. I'm going to turn them over to you to do as you see fit with them. God, you can act, you can hear my cry. I'm asking, beseeching you to do this, whatever word we want to use there. But God, ultimately it's in your hands, you know. Um, this was a beautiful quote uh, by a man by the name of Trimper Longman. He says, for us, the imprecations that we see in the Psalms are not just expressions of anger. They allow us to turn our anger over to God for him to act as he sees fit. These prayers do not ask God for the resources and opportunity to take vengeance on our enemies, right, us personally. They ask God to do so and acknowledge his freedom to act or not act as he sees fit. So I think it's a real, it's God, it's vengeance is not in my hand. You know, Apostle Paul says, live in harmony with everyone, you know, repay evil with good, live that way, give it to God and God can do what he sees fit. That's so good, Matt. And that's part of our message with Christians Engage is people feel a burden for what's happening and they see what's happening in the world. But we, you know, in our flesh, in our the natural man, we want to turn and attack people, right? We want to uh, say it's their fault. Justice, right? We want justice. And that's part of our DNA as believers um, the creating uh, DNA, you know, that God breathed into us, man and woman, his nature, um, especially as we become born again and we have discernment, but uh, that we have to turn over the final responsibilities to him. That's not our place yeah, um, to create that vengeance and that justice. Absolutely. So that's really good. Um, I want to hone in um, on you know, the verse for me in John in, in King James, blessed is he who considers the poor. And I love to think, um, you know, about specifically the household of faith. The Apostle Paul talks a lot about, you know, taking care of the body of Christ. When we get born again and we become part of the church, we enter into a family. And we underestimate the power of that family a lot of times in our own transformation and our journey in life. But specifically, as we think about the overall global church um, in our local community, in our state, in our nation and the world, really, I want us to think about prioritizing the household of faith. You know, in Galatians 6, uh, 9 through 10, the Apostle Paul says, do not grow weary while doing good for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Therefore, as you have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So I know so many people that listen to us, their heart is beating and hurting for specifically Christians around the world that are suffering, right? The suffering at the hand of tyranny, suffering at the hand of famine, suffering without water, suffering without the basic needs. And um, we absolutely should consider that and remember the household of faith. And I just want to encourage us today to open up our eyes to even our local communities, our local churches, people that are hurting in 
seats and pews right next to you Mm -hmm. that might not have enough to fill up their gas tank that week that might not you know barely be making it because of covid or loss of income or loss of jobs right to remember and that god will bless us and he will um, preserve us in our time of trouble if we sow into their lives right Mm -hmm. um you know also you know, as you mentioned, I was thinking about the the story of Job. Here's Job. Everything's happening to him. Poor Job. You know, he lost his family. He's lost mm-hmm. his livestock, his farm. He becomes ill to death, even, you know, suffering with boils and ready to die. And here comes these friends. These friends are coming to promote, you know, to tell him everything he's done wrong, question his integrity, and pretty much just say, you know, Job, you're suffering because of your own things that have happened in your life, right? Um, And I just want to encourage us that when people are suffering, specifically the household of faith, that's not our job to judge why they're there and what they're going through. That's good. But to really minister to them and call them to the place of faith through those hard seasons, because we all go through them. And uh, I, I remember when I was running for Congress, I had some women that were in my Bible study that I taught to congressional members and staffers um, that I thought I'd really poured into were very close friends, right? And because I went a couple of their against a couple of their friends in a primary, all of a sudden I become the enemy. And one of them even created a hashtag swamp bunny, like I'm a swamp creature, right? So, you know, you know, those kind of things that I'm just giving that example, you know, hurt your soul. And I remember trying to deal with that. I thought I invested so much in this woman and I thought we were friends, but yet in a moment she turned on me and just went attacking me. And I didn't feel that for her. And, and David's crying out to God. And what he does is he turns that injustice or that wounding in his heart. He turns it back to, to the Lord and says, Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up that I may repay them. Right. Yeah. He turns it back to the Lord in the Passion yeah. Translation. It says, so, Lord, please don't z- desert me when I need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give That's me good. grace. Give me grace and and get me back on my feet so I can triumph over them. Uh, He's crying out to God for grace to even deal with that. And Matt, you know what this feels like as a pastor. You invest so much of your life into people. And then, you know, sometimes it's the enemy taking them on another journey. Sometimes it's the Lord moving them on, but it's painful. Yes. Yes, it is. It's painful to our souls. And because mm-hmm. uh, you're separated from them and, and the Lord is faithful though, even in that to watch over our hearts yeah, amen. in those seasons. And verse 12 is my favorite verse in this chapter. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and you set me before your face forever. Um, David understood that in this, in the season of suffering, there was only one thing that could hold them together and his integrity intact, and that was being with the Lord in the place of prayer before his face. And when we talk about that, it sounds so ethereal, right? Looking at the face of Jesus, you know, you know, that old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his marvelous face. Um, Mm -hmm. But what we're really talking about there is meditating and thinking and studying the character and the attributes of God. What is his 
like? What is his character? Who is God? What are his preferences? What is his personality? And what are his promises to us as his children? And when we focus in on him, he becomes real because he is real. He's a real God. He actually yeah. died, was buried and resurrected. That means he's alive. He's not like some dead name in a, in a book. He is here through his Holy Spirit speaking to us every moment if we will listen, right? But when we seek him, we realize uh, that these discouragements and these sins that so easily beset us, they're nothing. Come on. They're nothing compared mm -hmm. to his beautiful face. And, and that's what sustains us. And that's how we become more like him. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that has set us before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, one of my favorite chapters, as you know, everybody knows, is John 17. And Jesus cries out for his disciples. And I love this. I read this in the Passions Translation this morning. He's crying out. And it's really for us. Here he is, his high priestly prayer before he goes to the cross. And he says, so with deep love, I pray for my disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world. For, for those who belong to you, those you've given me, for all who belong to me now belong to you and all who belong to you now belong to me as well, that my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Amen. I mean, it's what such cool. a powerful prayer that Jesus was praying for not only his disciples in that moment, mm -hmm. but for those that would believe, right? That's us. That's us. Um, and that love connection with God is what upholds us. That's what upholds us in verse 12, that he, he upholds our, our um, integrity and he has us always before his face, right? And the final verse, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. But we got a lot to rejoice with. Even guys, when we feel like the world is falling apart and we're suffering, we don't have enough or the people around us don't have enough or we're experiencing death in our community or whatever it is, even in that God is faithful. Um, his faithfulness is sure. Amen. 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 Pastor Matt, any closing thoughts? And I want you to pray us out here. Oh, I, I really don't. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Just love this song. It's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, why don't you pray over everyone? I do, do feel like there's somebody out there today that just does feel discouraged and is, is getting hit with a whole bunch of trials and tribulations and needed to hear this word today that God is for them and that his faithfulness is sure. Amen. 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 Let's do it. Heavenly father, this morning, we just come to you. God, and we thank you uh, once again, Lord, for the truth of your word here. God, what a great word. Uh, as Bunny just said, not for just one or two or three, but, but for many of us, Lord. I think for every one of us, if we're honest, in our day-to-day -day struggles, trials, um, confrontations, conversations, everything that we go through in life. God, we thank you this morning that you're for us, Lord, that you go before us. 
And God, I pray that you continue to give us that heart, uh, Lord, to see people the way that you would have us see them, not with our fleshly eyes, because we know that doesn't do any good, Father. If we're left to our own devices and our own ways, we're never going to see the men and women and children and students and people around us, God, the way that you want us to see them. So open our eyes, Father. Uh, let us let us see them with with kindness, with love, uh, with a real genuine heart, God, as Christians today. May we not just be that in name, but also in action, uh, Father, and, and in deeds, in, in spoken word. May every single part of us encompass your heart for that, Lord. And I, and I just really pray, uh, God, that you, that you truly make us people that are willing to have our lives complicated by the needs of other people. God, that we, in seeing people the way that you see them, God, to be willing to burden ourselves, to, to take on uh, extra things, have extra time, give people a listening ear, help them out practically, financially, whatever way you're calling us, asking us to do. God, I pray that, that we have that heart, Lord, and, and just above all, remembering that you are always there, Father. You always have been, and you always will be. You are our champion, Father, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I just pray as we close out here that you give us somebody this week. Open our eyes as Pastor Matt just prayed, Lord, that we would see someone, whether it's someone in front of us at Chick-fil-A or at the grocery store or at work. God, open our eyes to someone that's in need and that's suffering, specifically in the household of faith, God. Um, that we can encourage this week, that we can bless, that we can pour even some of our resources into. And Lord, we just thank you for sustaining us, blessing us. Lord, we know that when we sow, we will reap, um, that you are faithful and just, and you are um, just sustaining us, even in times of trial, Lord, together as a family in this moment. And Lord, we just thank you for, for that and put us always before your face, God. It's it. before you, your face, before you, um, that we are changed, that we turn from glory to glory and we become in the likeness and the character of Christ. So Lord, thank we you. thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Pastor Matt, thank you so much. Um, thank and you. We're, so when is your, your wife's going to have a new baby? When is that going to happen? Uh, end of March, 2022. Woo, coming man. up. <laughs> so this will be number four. I mean, you're going to have a full quiver here, a full household, <laughs> not just at the church, but at home. That's so. right. My hands are full. <laughs> hey, one way to grow the membership, right? That, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for being on our advisory board. Can you let everybody know, I mean, why do you feel that you're supposed to be involved with Christians Engaged? That oh, would, I think that will bless a lot of people as a pastor. I think it is, it is, a huge burning desire in my heart to be a part of an organization like this. I mean, having followed you guys, been around you, Bunny, and been around several members of your, you know, your your um, your board of directors, and 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 again, some of the advisory board members. I did, I love what you guys are doing. And now I can say what we are doing, <laughs> not just you guys, really, what we're doing. This is um, it is so needed in in I think at any point in history, but really right now, and and it's just it's a privilege to me to get to be a part of a group of men and women that are doing this practically, not just talking about theology and doing, you know, webinars and, and putting resources out just kind of like passively. This is very active engagement. And, and I love that. I see a group of men and women here that are putting their action to what they believe and what they say. 
And I think it's just, it is it is a burning desire in my heart, Monday through Sunday, you know, the church rise up, mobilize, be a part of who God has called her to be. Onward, Christian soldiers. May we never forget that, right? This there, There's a battleground out there all around us, practically and, and in our world, our society and culture. So I love getting to be a part of this. Love it. Love what Christian well, Engage stands for. Well, you guys check out our very first podcast we ever did, Conversations with Christians Engage, was with Matt and um, and Michael Lemus from the Wharton Church, where they talk about their annual prayer meeting that they do every year with their congregation around their elected officials and the leaders in their community. It's absolutely powerful, guys. Um, we have to branch out out of what we were just talking about in this psalm is focusing on someone else. Yeah. versus ourselves a lot of times right mm-hmm. and and what you all do for your community with that prayer meeting matt is just so so important mm-hmm. and people realizing that we can impact our culture we just got back from lindale we had over 40 people at our seminar in, in east Come texas on. this weekend and it was just awesome to teach them about you know government and civic duties but also how to walk with god and how to overcome uh suffering and persecution and get involved with this crazy political world but um what an honor to train people and disciple Amen. people in this space and just be encouraged guys god's on the move he's awakening his church Uh, in this hour. And and our heart is to be that resource to help people connect to those habits of prayer voting engagement. So um, if you haven't signed up, sign up all you Bible study people for our wake up conference. We want to see you there November 5th and 6th. So we're, we're fastly approaching and we can't wait to see you guys um, all gathered together in one place. So thank you, Pastor Matt. You have a wonderful week. You as well. Thank you, buddy. Thanks everybody. See you soon. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is a production of Christians Engaged. We are a nonpartisan nonprofit that exists to awaken, motivate, and educate ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation regularly, vote in every election, and engage our hearts in some form of political activism. To learn more about us, please visit our website at christiansengaged.org. That's christiansengaged.org.